0: Hello and welcome to the edition of the Innovation Journal. I am your host, Dr. Ernesto Pocoboateng. Today, I'll be talking about space. Precisely, yes, I'll be talking about space junk, the trash that has accumulated in space and is spewing and moving and hurting towards our planet. And one may ask, why bother about space junk when we have so much going on? in our own world where we haven't even been able to address the problems that we face from plastics pollution to hazardous waste, to all those particular debris that is collected and destroying uh, our environment. And I think that's precisely the point because we have so much going on that we haven't been able to deal with and to be confronted by another saga of not being able to address waste in outer space is something that we need to be very 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 interested in so whenever we talk about the space trash problem what is it well every year as you know nasa space station has to alter its course so slightly you know to avoid a potentially mission critical collision with any of the uh, pieces of space trash that is moving around these unwanted flying objects uh, which we normally call maybe the orbital debris they're all human-made items that no longer serve the purpose of uh, what they were intended to do both either intentionally or let to go uh, deliberately uh, and they just circle around the earth in the orbit Whenever we talk about space junk, these are some of the things that you may be looking at. There uh, spacecrafts and satellites and payload carriers, you know, motor effluent bolts, fragments of paint chips. These, they run a gamut. They, it's very substantial. In fact, it is estimated that there are about 23,000 pieces of space junk that are larger than 10 centimeters. And there are others that range to a smaller debris, about five hundred thousand items, which are between um one and ten centimeters in diameter. And then you also look at the infinitesimally tiny, over one hundred million particles. These are larger than one millimeter. So every time you look at space and you see all those bright things, you know. Uh, you consider your space in the universe consider all that there are so much in fact about 8,000 metric tons of Junk swirling around all above you. So be very careful when you're looking around The issue of space junk is not new as you all remember uh, when the space uh, race began a lot of machinery, uh, a lot of equipment where designed and you would think of all these developments leading to what we call a a mega constellation and various uh, satellites were deployed both for military purposes and for civilian purposes and most were deployed in the lower earth orbit and then every space was occupy those satellites, these spy satellites that were meant to convey the power status of various uh, countries and majority of them here uh, were left after the Cold War and after the, uh, would I say, the uh, de-escalation of uh, the political tensions that accompanied all these uh, wars and global contestations. But unlike the uh, waste management issues on our earth this has not received the necessary attention that it needs to address and so much so that today we are now confronted by a number of issues. So why are we so bothered about the junk that comes after? well because of the addiction the first thing that we need to realize is that uh unlike our waste management rules was on earth uh Space debris, we get more debris. So, as the density of space junk increases, so too does the number of debris creating collisions. Right? So, in a cascading effect, what they call the uh, Kessler syndrome. And so, one hits the other, it breaks into smaller parts, and then it hurdles down, and then another breakdown occurs. And if you look at spacecraft, they are designed to sustain the impact of micro debris. So, that's fine. But with larger objects, uh, pieces of defunct uh, equipment, the space junk that is by just to events, an accidental collision between Asian American community Iridium-33 and retired Russian spacecraft Cosmos 2251 in 2009 and the intentional destruction of the Feng IC weather satellite China represents one-third of all catalogued orbital debris. You know, so when you have these two events coming together, that alone creates significant amounts of debris. So if we want to address that, then we need to find solutions. So the reason why we are so bothered by space is the fact that one, the the nature of debris begets more debris and the more satellites we deploy in space and the more uh, we deploy other areas into space, the more debris would uh, become available for us to deal with. The second thing, reason why we need to look at this is the fact that uh, space junk is expected to increase as we deploy more satellites into space, both for navigational purposes and for weather information purposes, land use planning know that it is expected to uh, increase with the new space what i would call race where china and the united states are re-energizing or seeking space domination the amount of waste that would be generated by this race would increase we also have civilian organizations that have also entered into the the, uh, space who are deploying satellites to improve communication around the world, it is also expected to contribute to the waste junk problem. Another reason, and I think this is also critical, is the fact that uh, the junk as it comes down to space also threatens us on Earth. So we need to look at how we can address that. So far, a number of uh, Solutions have been proposed. You know, these include nets to capture some of them, lasers to blast them, harpoons, sails, and slingshots. Uh, and just this year, uh, if, for those that are following this particular story, the Japanese satellite services company Astroscale launched the world's first commercial mission for debris management. It is a demonstration mission and it is intended to prove out there the core technologies that are needed for debris uh, docking and removal. So this is one of the first steps towards addressing it through a technological approach. And as we deploy or think about some of these technological solutions, uh, we need to also be mindful that as it is with our own approach to addressing uh, Waste management issues here, technological solutions have sometimes tended to be counterproductive. But that's also another consideration that we need to look at uh, in terms of uh, seeking solutions. Currently, what NASA has been talking about is that the most important action for us is to prevent the unnecessary creation of additional orbital debris. Uh, and that is something that many people have started looking at. But even as we look at at technological solutions to the issue of space junk, what is it on earth that we can learn from our various experiences in managing waste? And one thing that we can look at is the the idea of the circular economy. We need to be able to design all these uh, space materials in a way that they can be reused, they can uh, withstand The the intensity and the challenges in space and can still be reused in a way that does not generate a lot of uh, debris and we can reuse them for other purposes as well. We also need to look at uh, the policy development field where instead of uh, creating more junk, we ought to find a way to capture the ones that are already in existence so that we do not become overwhelmed by this particular challenge that we face. I know there are many, many options that people have looked at. And as we delve deeper into the waste, uh, the space junk issue, we need to look at all these solutions and how they can be addressed. Recently, people have talked about, well, we can snap and move space junk. Well, the, the ED, orbit mission which first proposed for me in 2014 i uh, was looking out for satellite debris in polar orbit at an altitude of uh, between 800 and 1000 kilometers so the european uh, space agency is considering uh, some of these options you know what they call capture mechanisms and they'll pick up the debris and that is something that uh, the european space agency is also looking at another one that I came across, and that was fascinating. It's also uh, by Clean Space One, a technology demonstration spacecraft. And uh, you know, that is also the the, the Swiss uh, space system satellite would be looking at uh, pushing debris out of space. Very interesting approach. Uh, Then you have the, um, using the power of electricity, and that's a proposal by the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency. And they will use an electrodynamic tether system whose current would slow down the speed of satellites or space debris. And that's something that they have been contemplating. And then the slingshots, as I've already mentioned, and the solar sail. Which is a British proposal. They called it the Cube Sail, and would use a drag of a solar sail to push orbiting space debris down to lower orbits. Uh, you know, this was slated to fly sometime 2011, a long time ago. So I don't think it's taken off yet. But it goes to show you that there are so many proposals that are being put forward. But as I've said without the commitment of the political elite, without the policy environment to make this happen, we will be seeing more and more of the junk that is circling the earth. And because of its possibility of affecting all of us, we need to take care of it. And as now, NASA's main recommendation, let us keep some of these things out of our system. And if we can, then we will be able to uh, look at this. If we look at the U.S. policy, since uh, 1988, the U.S. official policy has been to minimize the creation of new orbital objects or debris, uh, what you call the debris, orbital debris mitigation. And if the 2010 national space policy addresses the importance of preserving Space environment, including orbital uh, debris mitigation, uh, and the NASA and the Defense uh, Department of Defense, are uh, also being directed to look at research and development technologies and techniques to mitigate and remove these orbits, reduce hazards, and increase the understanding of the current and uh, future debris environment. Well, as I've already said orbital debris poses as a risk to the continual reliable use of space-based services and operations and to the safety of persons and property in space and on earth as a result we all need in our collective effort to minimize the creation of orbital debris by government and non-governmental operations in space and to preserve the space environment for future and present generations. Today, as we seek innovative solutions to the problems on Earth, I want to draw our attention to the need for innovative solutions in space. In addressing space junk. So, let us hear you and take action. Talk to people in that environment and let us see what we can do. Speech junk. See it we need the solutions. Thank you.